Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Doing all right this morning? Yeah, well, welcome to Passion this morning. We're delighted that you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, we've been in this series for the last four weeks. I'm going to do my dead level best to, to wrap it up this morning. I, I'm making no promises to you, though. I just want to make this disclaimer to you right now that uh, as we go on and we start seeking God and hearing from God and other, uh, about other things, I reserve the right at any moment uh, to, to, to do. This is going to be to be continued, y'all. Uh, we're just going to have to. Man, we could, Woody and I were talking. We could stay in this thing a long, long time. And uh, I just sense that we need to shift gears, but I do not want us to lose our sound. Oh, y'all already sat down on me. I said, I don't want us to lose our sound. Uh, we've never struggled to be loud. Uh, <laughs> some of y'all know that. Uh, but this is different. This is not about volume. It's about volume. Uh, it's about quantity. It's about the type of sound. And I believe that God is releasing a sound through us. Amen. And we're in week five of a series uh, called Sound. If you haven't been with us, welcome, welcome. I'll try to catch you up briefly. I have to catch myself because I almost start preaching in my introduction. I can't hardly, I can't hardly stand myself. Um, I, I, I just, I just got to, I mean, it's just so good to me. Maybe this ain't done nothing for y'all, but it's been good to me. Uh, and I've just enjoyed it. So uh, I made a statement early on week one that, that I am convinced that is, true. I believe that sound is powerful. I believe that sound produces change. I believe that sound must be harnessed. I made this statement as kind of a jumping off point. I said, my concern is this. I am convinced that our world has learned to harness the power of sound more effectively than the body of Christ. And I believe that we have a mandate. I, I, I can't speak to every other church in Oklahoma City. I, I don't have that right. I can't speak to the other churches around us. I can only talk to what what I feel like God is saying to us. I am convinced this morning that God has given us a mandate. I, I, I didn't stumble into this series just because I don't have anything else to talk to you about. I am, have been laying on this thing for about a year. I have letting it, let it just kind of percolate, percolate, however you say that word, bubble over, bubble up, bull up in me over a year because I believe that God was saying to me that that is our mandate. There has to be a different sound that comes out of here. We said that early on in our planning days that we believe that God was releasing a sound. We've been waiting for that sound. We've been waiting on the sound and the sound is here. And so we've got to learn to harness and steward that sound. And so we begin to talk to you out of different accounts in, in the word uh, some lessons about sound, and I'm going to try to do my best to, um, no, I'm not. Uh, I was going to say go through this quickly, but I'm not, because some of you weren't here, and you need to hear some of this stuff. I'll go through the other part quickly, I think, and, and then we'll wrap up this whole thing. We're going to make some sound at the end of this service. Just, just if you need to do a little vocal warm-ups before we, you just, uh, just me, 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 right there. Uh, my, what's that one you do? My mama made yeah, mommy made me match my M&Ms. If you just need to sit there and sing that to yourself to get your vocals warmed up, do whatever you got to do. But at the end of this service, we're going to make some sound because there's power in sound. Week one, we began this, this discussion about sound by talking about Joshua and Jericho. And I declared to you that what the lesson we need to learn is that our sound precedes our victory. 
Uh, you don't wait till you see the crack in the wall to make a sound. You make a sound before you see your miracle. You make a sound before you make your breakthrough. You make a sound before you see anything change. You've got to sound victorious before you are victorious. We've got to come to this place in our life where we allow the sound to rise up and, and understand that our situation will line up to our shout, not the other way around. We don't wait for the situation to change and then shout. We shout before we ever see the breakthrough. We shout before I see healing. We shout, I'm going to preach until you get it. We shout until we see anything change. We, we just keep wailing away, making that sound, and then all of a sudden we march into victory. That's the lesson. See, some of you have allowed silence to become a substitute for sound. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that there's a time and a season for everything, and one of those seasons is a season of silence, but silence is only supposed to endure for a season. Some of you have been trapped in silence for so long that you don't have a shout left, and I've tried to tell you that sound must come back into your life and you've got to allow that sound to rise up in you you cannot accept silence as a way of life God has a sound birth in you God wants to birth a sound in you to raise up a sound in you that will precede your victory I'm already preaching didn't he mean to uh, y'all hurting me this morning already it's week two we talked about Paul and Silas and I declared to you that sound cannot be tied to your sight because if your sound is is tied to your sight then on your good day you will have a sound but in your midnight hour you will only have silence we've got to come back to that place where David arrived at where he said I will praise him in the morning I will declare his goodness in the morning I can shout about his mercy in the morning but in my midnight hour I can still declare great is thy faithfulness it's not enough for me able to be able to make a sound when everything is all right and when I'm tiptoeing through the tulips no I gotta be able to come to this place where I tie my sound not to my sight but to my spirit so that on my worst day on my most difficult day on my sickest day I will see my sickness has nothing to do with his faithfulness my brokenness has no bearing on his faithfulness my difficulty has no bearing on his faithfulness he's still faithful even in my midnight hour so that I can declare even on my worst day God you're good God you're great God you reign God you're sufficient God you're my enough God you're my everything God I said y'all ain't helping me none this one my sound cannot be tied to my sight and my sound must see see some of you walked in here and going what in the world happened in there I didn't know none of this stuff was going on some of you walked in here so beat up and so hurt we get reports all the time of people that walked into this house discouraged and disillusioned and they don't know what to do and the devil has worked overtime on them he is he's given them their best shot they don't have a shout left they don't have any worship left they don't have any hope left they have no strength left and the reality that we need you to learn is that your sound seeps that as you begin to open up your mouth and you begin to declare the goodness of God and you begin to open up your mouth and worship and you begin to open up your mouth and sing that what you have in you rubs off on me so that on my bad day I can walk in here and I don't feel like praising him but when I hear you praise him something happens on the inside of me and I can't help myself I didn't want to raise my hands but I got to raise my hands I didn't want to dance but now I got to dance I didn't feel like preaching but now I feel like preaching y'all 
in trouble. When you get to your workplace on Monday morning, there are going to be people that went through an unbelievably bad weekend. They're still going to be hungover. They're still going to be strung out. But something ought to happen when they bump into you at the water cooler. What's in you ought to rub off on them. And they may not feel like talking about God, but you've got to turn the channel on them and start declaring that God is good. I don't have any hangover. I'm just feeling like praising God. I don't know what God's done for you, but I know what He's done for me. And if I had not, you can turn the tables with your sound. If your sound would seep. Some of you are going to get this. Woo. I'm preaching myself happy this morning. Uh, lesson number three came from Acts, where we talked about in Acts chapter 2 that the Bible says that there was the sound of a rushing mighty wind and something interesting happened with no stereo amplifiers, with no subwoofers, with no Hammond C3. All of a sudden, people all over the community said they heard a sound and they came running to see what was going on. If nobody's running to your life, then you need to change your sound because if you'd get the sound right, people would run to see you and as they are drawn to you, they will be drawn to God. Go back and read Acts chapter 2. The Bible says the sound came. They run to find out what happened. Peter stands up and the people are drawn to the disciples. Then they're drawn to God. If you would get your sound right, people would be drawn to you and then you could uh, draw them to God. Y'all ain't helping me none. You've got to get the sound right. What's the sound? We, we talked about the components of their sound. Their sound was praise. They said, the people said, we hear them declaring the mighty works of God. But it wasn't the first time they had heard the Israelite, the, the, the Christians praise. I guarantee you when Lazarus came out from the tomb, there were people praising. I think when Jesus turned water into wine, there were some people praising. I think when he broke the bread and gave thanks and fed 5,000, I think people were praising. They had heard people praise before so what changed their sound Pentecost. Welcome to a Pentecostal church. Some of you didn't know what you've been attending for a little while. Well, we got to allow Pentecost to rise up in us again. It is the distinctive sound of the Holy Spirit that needs to rise, not just at church. You need to allow Pentecost to, to rise up in you on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Holy Ghost ain't just for good church. Holy Ghost is to set you apart and make you sound different, to sound distinct, to sound clear. Boy, I'm spitting all over you and you're enjoying it, ain't you? I, 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 there's a sound that rises up in you that is different than the rest of the world. By the way, you're not Pentecostal because you attend a Pentecostal church. I said it like this about a dozen times. I'll say it again. Attending a Pentecostal church does not make you any more Pentecostal than you standing in a garage going brum, 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 makes you a Corvette. You've got to experience Pentecost for yourself so that that sound will be released in you so that you can tell the world what God is doing. Amen. And then last week we talked about sound barriers. There are people around Jesus that will try to stop or stifle your sound. See, there are blind Bartimaeus. We talked about it. There are people that have experienced and encountered Jesus that will try to get you to shut up because your sound makes them uncomfortable. But I've made this declaration, and I hope you get allowed it to get in your spirit. I said you cannot allow those who do not understand your pain to dictate your praise. They will never understand the depth of your praise. They won't know why you go crazy when we hit the first note because they didn't endure what you endured. They don't understand the, the tragedy that you've experienced in your own life. So how can they ever understand the depths of your praise? Praise anyway if it makes them uncomfortable. 
uncomfortable, praise anyway. At work, if they don't like your praise, praise all the more. you got to get an all the more praise down inside of you that says, I will praise God more, even if you don't like it, even if you don't think it sounds right. Ew, oh, y'all ain't helping me none. i got to get me a praise that, that, that it will break through every sound barrier. And you remember the key to breaking through every sound barrier? Persistency. You just got to keep praising, keep praising, keep praising, keep praising. And when you do, breakthrough comes. So this morning, I want us to go one step further. And I think it might be the last step. We'll see. There are, oh, I want to talk to you about sound warfare. Get ready. We're going to do some battle this morning. There, there are at least three accounts uh, uh, in, in the Old Testament in particular that teach us about the crucial aspect of warfare through sound. The first one is in 1 Samuel chapter 7. You can write that down. I'm not going to read it to you. You can go see it for yourself because that's not where I want to go. I just want to reference it. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, the, the prophet calls on the people of Israel to cry out to God. That's, that's a sound. Make a sound. And an interesting thing happens in, in, in that chapter. They cry out to God and God responds. And the way God responds is he thunders over the Philistines. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 7 teaches us that God has a sound. If you haven't encountered, I heard, I watched a silly little video this week that said God is quiet. I, I beg to differ. God, God, God is amazing. But, but he makes a sound. God is allowed. Some of y'all got that. Uh, you need to go check my Facebook. It's the funniest. We're not white. We're not black. We're whack. I'm just going to tell you. We'll just put it all together and make it right. Uh, there's a sound that God, God makes a sound. Uh, and, and out of that sound, he disrupts and disturbs the Philistines so badly that the children of Israel win a mighty victory. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, the Bible says that the Philistines are on the attack again, and David seeks God. And David says, God, should I go out and battle against the Philistines? And I want you to notice what happens. The word comes back to David, and God says to David, when you hear the sound of troops marching in the top of the mulberry trees, then you can attack. And, and so he waits, and when he hears the sound of God rustling in the trees, then he goes out and he attacks, and the Bible says they win a great victory. So, so 1 Samuel chapter 7 and 2 Samuel chapter 5 teach us this fact. God has a sound. Now, I don't have any problem with that. I mean, like, like he is God. Yeah, I understand that God has a sound. I understand that there is power in God's sound. I, I have no problems there. But what I want to do this morning is I want to take you into a third account because in the third account, we learn about our sound. Oh, y'all stay with me now. I could get up here all day and talk to you about God's sound. Y'all get all excited. But when we start talking about our sound, we check out. I want you to understand that there is a sound that God makes, but there is a sound that you make. That is extremely crucial, and we'll come back to that. So join me in Judges chapter 7, beginning in verse 16. We're going to read 16 through 22. We're talking about Gideon. This is what it says. Gideon divided the 300 men into three companies, and he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. And when I and all of those who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp will blow yours and shout. 
for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon, the hundred men with him, reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars and grasping the torches in their left hand and holding in their right hands the trumpets that they were to blow, they shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And while each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. And when all 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. I could probably preach a whole series on this right here. I want to try to teach you four quick lessons this morning. And let's see if we can't learn how to steward this sound. Sound warfare. Lesson number one, you must learn to model sound. I want you to notice that Gideon modeled the sound that would bring victory. His instructions to his men were very explicit. He said to them, do what I do. When you hear me shout, you shout. He even told them the words to shout. You can model for others by the use of your sound how to win victory. Y'all didn't get that. Went, pew. You checked out on me. I got out of the introduction and you checked out on me already. Stay with me now. You've got to learn to model sound. You can use your sound to show others how to win victory. There are some folks sitting around you right now. There are friends in your life. There are family members that you have a relationship. There are some young folks that haven't been through what you've been through that have no idea how to fight spiritual battles. They're, they're not equipped. They're unarmed. They're exposed. They need somebody to rise up and model sound for them. I See, I'm concerned for some of you because, because you are training those around you with your sound. You teach people how to fight with your sound. How do you sound? See, I, I'm concerned for some of you because what you're doing is you're, te you're teaching your kids a certain sound. Oh, it's going to get tight in here. Some of you teaching your spouse a certain sound. Some of your workers have no idea that you sound like this on Sunday because you don't sound like this on Monday, and it breaks down right there, and you model for them negativity all week, and then you wonder why they can't win any victory because they're making the sound that you taught them. See... My question for you is, is your sound powerful? Is your sound positive? Is your sound negative? Is your sound defeated? Model sound warfare for the people around you. F refuse to badmouth. Refuse to belittle. Refuse to speak to things as though they are. Rather, speak to things as though they will be. That's called faith. That's called a sound. That's called a different perspective. You've got to learn to train people how to sound. Gideon stood up and said, hey, don't you yell what you want to yell don't you make a wrong sound you follow my lead sound off when I sound off and this is what you're supposed to sound off with he modeled sound for them see I, I, I'm just gonna be really blunt don't don't keep demeaning and belittling your your spouse and quit talking bad about your boss and expect you can do all that if you want to, but don't be surprised when your kids don't respect their dad and your kids don't respect their teachers. Oh, I knew it was. I, 
Now back at me. I get it. I get it. Listen, the sound that you model in your household right now will dictate what their household sounds like. I'm concerned for some of your sound, the sound that comes through your Facebook, the the sound that comes through your Twitter is modeling sound for people and they don't understand how to win victory because you're modeling the wrong sound. If you would change your sound and teach them how to do warfare and say this is what a child of God is supposed to sound like, this is how you battle, this is how you defeat the enemy, we're not going to talk about that stuff anymore, I'm going to show you that I can change the atmosphere by changing my sound want to change your kid change your sound some of y'all think you need to change your spouse change your sound some of you need to change your job environment change your sound you change your sound you model the right sound and your environment will change lesson number two I want you to get this your sound is important your sound your sound your sound Yours, your sound is important. Come on. I, we we, we want to talk about God's sound and how important his sound is. But I need you to understand this this morning. Your sound is important. Come on, tap yourself right here and say, my sound, my sound. My sound is important. My sound is crucial. My, see, see, I want you to notice that the Bible declares in Judges chapter 7 that I read to you, it was, that when, it was at the moment that each man made their sound that the, the victory was won and the enemy was defeated. It wasn't only one man that made a sound. It, was, it wasn't just the worship team that made a sound. It wasn't just the loud folks that made a sound. No, it was as each man made their sound that victory was won. Each man in their place making their sound caused a victory to be won. So I have a question. I, I don't want to add to scripture. I'm not trying to. I'm just asking some logical questions like, what would have happened if one guy decided he didn't want to make a sound? What if old Fred over there said, you know what? I really don't like trumpet music. So y'all go ahead and make your sound, but I, I'm number 300, but I ain't making that sound because that one just doesn't push my buttons. I, I prefer like a soprano sax and all smooth Kenny G style. And if you would ask me to make that sound, then I could worship to that sound, but I don't like that sound. Well, what if old Ricky over there said, you know what, I'm just not a loud person. I don't under- This sound stuff is weird to me. And I just can't figure this sound stuff out, so I'm just going to keep to myself and I ain't going to make no sound. What if old Bobby said, you know what, do what you want to do, Gideon, but I ain't playing this, man. I don't even like the words you gave me to say. I'm going to make up my own sound. I- I'm going to say like, the sword of Bobby. I'm just wondering. What if old Sam over there said, you know, I've had a really rough weekend, Gideon, and I'm sorry, but I just don't have no sound left. I know y'all are going crazy, buck wild. I don't understand it, but uh, I just can't share my sound today because I just don't have a sound. You need to get back to the place where you understand that victory was the result of the entire body of 300 making a concise, specific, aligned sound on that day destroyed the enemy. I lost all y'all sound. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
I'm saying to you that you've got to walk into this house and you've got to accept and understand that we are in a moment of sound and we need to align our sound and get in lockstep with our sound. And you say, well, Steve, I don't feel like praising him. Praise him anyway. I don't like that song. Sing it anyway. I don't like the sound you're making. Make the sound anyway because it is as we join our sounds together in harmony and in unity at that moment that there is strength there. Your sound is important. We need your sound. Your sound is important. It's not enough for our worship team to make a sound. you got to make a sound. It's not enough for a crazy little preacher to get up here and sweat himself to death every week. You've got to make your sound. Your sound is important too. We need your sound. We've got to get in agreement in our sound. And I just wonder if one guy had to step back and said, I ain't making that sound. Maybe defeat would have been the end result because I wonder I've been to churches where almost everybody was in agreement except a few and because a few weren't in agreement guess what happened defeat I'm asking you to come to the place where we agree that God is doing something different here this is a different hour this is a different moment this is a different season for us and I will do everything I got to do to get in agreement and alignment and I will shout when everybody's shouting and I will pray I may not even feel like it y'all gonna get it because we got to get it. We got to get that. Our sound is important. The third lesson is this one. I love this. I want you to notice in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel that I, that I mentioned to you that God produces a sound. But it is in this account that the enemy is destroyed and confused by the sound of Gideon and his men. The lesson I need you to learn this morning is this. Your sound confuses your enemy. God help me. Your sound confuses your enemy. See, God can use our sound in warfare. I think this is important because I've stated this to you already. I think a lot of us are sitting around waiting on God to change some things and touch some things when God is sitting around waiting on us to make a sound. Uh, it, it interests me that 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 many of us get into trouble and we want God to rescue us, but we won't cooperate or participate in the rescue that our actions have created the need for in the first place. I'm preaching like, like, like this. I, I go out and I spend money on stuff that don't matter and I bankrupt myself and then I make a sound, oh, God, rescue me. What if he's going to require you to do something to participate in the rescue like, don't eat out every night. Don't go get your hair did. You ain't got the money for that. Go get your rollers and do it yourself. See, we think that's funny, and it is, except for this. Our youth pastors deal with this all the time. You won't make your kids come to church? We're too busy on Wednesday. We got homework. Y'all amen me real good, Woody and Jesse, because y'all know I'm telling the truth. And then when they start back-talking you and they doing things you don't want them to do, then all of a sudden you want to cart their little hind end to Woody and Jesse and say, fix them. You fix them. You should have busted their rear five years ago, but you. Oh, shot me down. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. 
I have to be willing to participate in my own victory. See, there's a lesson here we need to learn. Some of us have no, prob no problems ascribing power to God's sound, but we continue to underestimate our sound. You fail to realize the importance and the necessity of your sound in the equation of victory. I realize that God is strong enough to win without us, but I also need you to understand that what God wants to do is to add our sound to his sound. You are part of the equation because if he only uses his sound, then the enemy will only be afraid of him. But if we would allow God to use our sound as part of the equation, then the enemy of our life becomes concerned and confused and scared of us. I don't know what, if you know the whole story, but you ought to go back and read the first parts of chapter 7 because the Bible declares that Gideon was doubting his own sound and he crawls into the outskirts of the camp and lo and behold, the Midianites are already talking. They're not talking about God. They're talking about Gideon. Gideon's coming after us. Gideon's sword is going to destroy us. Gideon's going to defeat us. Listen, if you would ever learn that your sound confuses your enemy, then you would recognize that while you're making your sound, you confuse the dog out of the enemy, and he can't figure you out. Whew, he'd, be, he'd become scared of us. See, you've got to understand that when you make your sound, what happens is that when the enemy comes against you with sickness and when the enemy comes against you with financial difficulties and when the enemy comes against you with brokenness and with pain and you're still praising after all of that attack, that absolutely confounds him and he doesn't understand it and he doesn't recognize, I don't know how to deal with people that when I attack them, they keep praising. I don't, I sent my worst addiction against them and they're still shouting, what is wrong with them? What am I, what am I going to have to do? I, I I sent the worst fear. They possess a fear, and I attacked that fear. I developed a handshake, molded a fear just for them, sent it to them, and they're still praising God. How am I? What is wrong with those folks? See, I, I, I just, I, I think when he sends the worst temptation, when he sends the worst disappointment, when he sends the worst distraction, when he sends destruction into our life, and he finds people that are still praising him, then it, it causes him to become very confused, and he doesn't know what else to do. That is what happened in the story of Job. You know the story, the Bible says that everything went wrong, and Job backs off and says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And the enemy backs off and goes, what am I supposed to do with that? Man, I've done everything I know to do. I... I when, when you shout, when you make your sound in the face of an attack, get this, you, you become the attacker and the enemy becomes the attackee. I'll say that again. When you shout in the face of your attack, you become the you become the attacker and the devil becomes the attackee. So I just came on the first Sunday in February to just give you a word from the Lord. Are you ready for it? It's real profound. Here it is. Sick him. Just haul off and make a sound. When he attacks your family, make a sound. When he attacks your checkbook, make a sound. When he attacks your friends, even if they don't know how to make a sound, model sound for him and attack him. Get after him. Chase him down. Shout all over him. And then, oh, I don't know. I think the devil has to call a special meeting. Come on, demons. What are we going to do now? We've done all we know to do. We've attacked all. We've sent the worst of the worst. What are we going to do now? How are we going to handle them now? I don't know what to do. Do you got any ideas? I've used all my ideas up. I've tried it all. I hit them with my best shot. They're still praising him. What am I going to Confused. Confused. Some of you allow the enemy to defeat you because you refuse to confuse him. 
if you would continue to make a sound, if you would continue to praise, then at that moment you confuse the enemy and you make it harder on the devil. Some of you lay down for the devil. When he attacks you, you just give up. I just throw in the towel. He's just beating me up. He's beat the shout out of me. And I don't even know what I'm going to do from this point forward. And he's beat me silent. If some of you would just make up your mind that he had his worst attack, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to confound him. I'm, I'm going to use a word here that some of you don't even know what it means. I'm going to discombobulate him. I'm going to wreck his world. He attacks me, but I attack back. You thought you could beat me into silence. All you did was deepen my praise. Oh, you thought you could beat me down, but I'm from a down position, I'm going to rise up and praise harder. And at that moment, you absolutely confuse him. That was worth a snort. I don't care. Maybe it snorts your sound. <laughs> snort your way to victory. I don't care. Woo. See, see, here's the here's the deal. That was great. I hope they picked that up on the. Here's the truth. When some of you start praising, the people around you don't understand. I told you last week, there are going to be people in your life that don't understand your pain, so they can't understand your praise. But, but, but here's the truth. I'm not trying to confuse you. I know it doesn't make any sense for me to continue praising. In your rational, natural mind, you can't figure out why I'm still praising. But if you'll just hang around me long enough, you will, you will come to understand why I have a sound because I want my sound to seep. So I'm going to explain to you that Jesus came and rescued me when I was on my way to hell. I will explain my sound to you. At some moment in the conversation when you can't understand when I'm broke, busted, and disgusted, how I can keep serving God and searching for God and seeking God and praising. If you will stay around me long enough, I will explain that to you. But I'm not going to explain it to my enemy because I want to just kind of confuse him. And then last but not least, some of you, uh, you got to get this. Please get this. This is it. I believe. If you don't get anything else I say, get this. Some of you are fighting hand to hand what should be fought at a distance. Okay, I know they're moving into place and, and some of you didn't hear a word I just said. I ask them to move in place. They're just following instructions. But I need you to listen. Get this. Some of you are fighting hand to hand what should be fought at a distance. Let me see if I can explain. You go back and read the account, the description of the Midianites. The Bible says that they were too numerous to count. They had more chariots than you could even count. It was a powerful army. Gideon had 300. Let me see if I can explain. Gideon didn't have the manpower to take on that kind of army. I want you to recognize this morning that if Gideon had marched down into that camp, withdrawn a sword. He doesn't even say he was carrying a sword. He was carrying a trumpet and a torch. If he'd have walked, oh God, this torch thing ain't a good idea. I'm going to take a sword. 
And he walks down into that camp, and they bear a sword. They grab a sword, and they get ready to go to battle. I want to tell you what I think would have happened. I think Gideon's army would have been absolutely and completely massacred. They didn't have the power. They didn't have the manpower. But God steps in and causes the Midianites to destroy themselves by doing this. From a safe distance, their sound affects the enemy. You need to learn that sound carries. Uh, Danny gave me a book this week that talks about sound. And one of the statements in there has kind of captured my spirit. Listen to what the researcher said. He said, hearing is our primary warning sense. It is hardwired into our primal brain, traveling direct to the the instinctive limbic region and not to the rational interpretive cortex where visual signals are decoded. Hang with me. That is why, this is what he says, that is why it is far easier to upset someone through their ears than through their eyes. Sound goes very deep, very fast. Now, hang with me here. Hang with me. I know God is so powerful, he could have sent a vision to scare the army. But instead, he sends a sound. In other words, get this. The enemy needs to hear you coming before he sees you coming. God is trying to teach us how to do warfare through our sound. I recognize this morning that God can precede us in battle. Some of you are bracing for a fight that God can win without you. If you stand face to face with the enemy, if you stand and argue with that obstacle, if you get too close, then the reality is is that barrier, that obstacle, that enemy will destroy you. He can strike you. He can reach you. He can hurt you. But if you would learn to sound off, then what God can do is bring you victory while you're at a safe distance. Why use your hands in battle when you can stand back and let God destroy through our sound what we cannot destroy through our might? Uh, A couple other things, and then I'll get really practical for you. Some of you are in the trenches slugging it out when instead you should be somewhere at a safe distance sounding it out good you may not get that one for two weeks because i'm still trying to figure some of this stuff out some of you right in the middle of the fight of your life and you're in there swinging for man i'm I'm fighting i'm believing and god is going get out of the trench back to a safe distance and sound out sound your way out some of you are hands deep in the battle And I am telling you this morning that you should only be sound deep. So now let me see if I can get really practical for you. And then I'll get out of your way. Some of you need to back away from arguing with your spouse. Trying to change them through your arguments. You ain't ever going to change them. Some of you need to quit trying to nag them to doing what you want them to do. Some of your spouses are acting like idiots right now. 
and you are in there battling, but you're going to chill, we're going to make it, we're going to fight for you, you know, I'll fight for What you need to do is wait till they leave for work and shut yourself up in a bedroom somewhere and begin to sound out and say things like this, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. I declare over them that God is their si- You don't have to you're not going to change them with your might. You better change them with your sound. Rather than nagging them, why don't you praise them? Rather than, rather than bad-mouthing them, why don't you pray? Why, why don't you cause them to rise up to what you say about them? I know they're not acting right right now, but if you'd say something about them to where they could be, then I think they will respond to your sound, and God will wade into the battle. And from a safe distance, they can't hurt you, and you'll be winning the war. Some of you need to back off of, of, of stressing over your checkbook. I didn't say you need to go out and buy everything that you see. I didn't say you were supposed to be stupid. I said you were supposed to back off from your Some of you are fretting every moment, every two seconds. You're pulling it. I don't know. I'm going to make it. I'm broke. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going into bed. What am I going to do? Why don't you back off for a distance and get perspective and recognize that the Bible says that God owns all the cattle on a thousand hills and that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or never seen his seed begging for bread or God is Jehovah Jireh and so I can get in there and try to figure it all out and well I can't make this payment that payment why don't you back up and quit fighting with your hands what you ought to be fighting with your sound and declare over your provision that God is able let me talk about your kids some of you got some kids that are out of their mind. They're hurting you. You don't know what to do. You can get in there and fight it with your own might and battle with your own power and you'll never change their mind. But why don't you quit doing all that and back up off the side of that trench and back up and get some perspective and make this declaration over them. As for me and my house, we will. This is not optional. This is never going to change. I don't care which direction they think they're going to go, but I have trained them up in the ways of the Lord, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. They don't have a choice. They are mighty men of God. They're not going to chase after the world for very long and be satisfied, but not because I'm behind them with a belt saying I'll beat you into submission, but because I've backed off long enough to declare a sound over them. They can't escape my sound. My sound has the ability to carry my my sound has victory wrapped up in it and I will model for them they don't tell you don't have a hope of getting away from God Devin I declare in the name of you I can plead the blood around you and although the devil will try to come I dare I don't have to get in the trench I can stand back here from a distance and say I have raised you I have trained you I capture you in the name of Jesus your heart will never be satisfied Some of you got to quit fighting hand to hand what you ought to be fighting with your sound. If some of you would just release a sound, if some of you would just release a sound, if some of you would just release a sound, that thing you've been slugging it out with. Come on, stand to your feet. We're gonna, I'm going to give you a moment here in just a second to practice some sound warfare. I need you to develop a war cry. I need you to develop some warfare through sound. I know it doesn't make any sense, and you may not understand it, but that's all right. The devil 
don't understand it any either. I, 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 he's tried to shut you up for decades, and you've allowed him. He's sent every attack, every snare, every sickness, and he beat it all out of you. But this morning, if you could ever come back to the place when even if you don't feel like it, you raise up a sound that confuses the enemy. I declare to you this morning, we're going to win some wars. There is a victory. There is victory wrapped up in our sound. If we would all just get into agreement with our sound and release the sound, your sound is important. Model sound. Model sound. Model sound. Come on, give me a chord, Daniel. Now, for about the next 30 seconds, would you do some warfare with your sound? It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.